is red so sus? <laughs> red is always sus. So welcome back, everyone. Another episode of True Crime Drunks. Yes. Um, if you guys aren't familiar with who we are already, you need to fucking do better. Yes, um, this is too many times. This is too many times I have to keep telling you that I'm Wes and this is Holly. You should, you should already fucking know. But I thought it was funny. So from yeah. our last episode, right, with Ed Kemper, we realized yeah. how great um, acronyms are. Yes. Because we got, you know, the big frightening giant who, you know. Who, uh, yeah. He, he, he grabs some heads and does some things. Yeah. Um, but our topic of today is also famous for an abbrevi- abbreviated name, which is BTK. Yes. And uh, he... <laughs> This one is pretty crazy. So his real name is Dennis Raider. 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 Um, and he's he's uh, arrogant. Very arrogant serial killer. Yes, the most arrogant. The arrogance that got him caught. Yeah, the arrogance that got him caught. Um, he. I don't know. I, I kind of. It seems like every single time we watch or we start studying, watch videos, research, mm-hmm. I'm like, this is the one where I'm like, Jesus Christ, this dude's fucked up. Yeah. I'm like, I really think this might be the one where I'm like, this, this guy's fucked up. This one's hard. This is rough. He uh, he does some things that were. I mean, okay. Uh, to be honest, Ed Kemper, what he did to the bodies is probably the worst thing that we've covered so far. At least yeah. dead body wise. Yeah. I would still say that the killer clown is probably like universally the worst. Yeah. Just because of the number and the magnitude and the age. Yeah. The the, the the his victims people. Yeah, his victims were probably the worst. Yeah. But good old BTK really kind of takes the best of both of them and rounds it out in this fucked up little Wichita, Kansas town and uh, yeah. really caused some havoc. Throw, throws bows or throws rope oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one it's funny because he likes to find people you get it? so as we know BTK means find, torture, kill but for the PG version what if we call them you know like BLT bacon, lettuce, tomato what if we did um, for the PG version Bacon, tomato, kale. The healthy version of the BLT. The healthy version of the BLT (laughs) and the healthy version and kind of more what I would choose instead of being bound, tortured, killed. Yeah, I mean, no one wants to be bound, tortured. Well, those two probably arguable for people, but killing is never going to be good. No. I want to be choked where I don't know if I'm going to live, but I still want to (laughs) live. I still want... To, uh, I still want to come out in that one feeling great. And I also don't want to be jerked on to. No. Well. That, well, okay, at least personally, I'm going to give a hard pass on that. I don't want to be, like, buying tortured and then jerked on, then killed. What if we call them the BTJK? Oh. <laughs> buying torture, jerked on, killed. Yeah. That, <laughs> I think that, I don't know, we'll, we'll, we'll get into a lot of this, but I, as far as, like, it's like a lot of these serial killers we cover are motivated from just fucked up sexual urges, and his yeah. is definitely that. Mm-hmm. But uh, he didn't ever, from my research, he never actually did anything to the body sexually besides jerking off on them. Yeah, and I don't even think he jerked on, on all of them. I think it was just the first one he did yeah. that on. 
So yeah, so his his MO is really different because it was sexual, but it wasn't like to the body. Well, I mean, I guess it was to the bodies, but it wasn't like sexual in where he raped the bodies. He just jerked off after yeah. the fact. And yeah, I don't know. This is the thing: is I don't want to go. I don't want to say all of the details as far as like every single little thing that he did because it is pretty fucked up and I personally with what I wrote up today I didn't leave in any of the names just because like any of the victims names just because like this one's a little a little harsh a little harsh and I don't want people like I don't want to bring up you know past trauma from families and stuff but yeah especially because there were some children involved especially at the beginning so makes sense definitely for sure but this but. didn't start this wasn't just something where he woke up one day as an adult and was like hey you know i'm gonna go ahead and go bind torture yeah bind torture this whole family and then yeah. kill him and jerk off on him it started from a young age yeah so back to the beginning on march 9th 1945 um dennis raider was born to dorothea and william raider he is the oldest of four sons Ton of boys. Tons of boys. Um, so he was born in Pittsburgh, raised in Wichita, where he kind of stayed afterwards. Um, both of his parents were really hardworking, so they kind of left their kids up to their own device. Um, he felt, um, and actually, Raider then later in life will say that he kind of resented and um, resented his mother for that, and like was very angry at her for being so neglectful and absent but at the same time four growing teenage boys are a lot to feed yeah it's like feeding a football team but for real so dennis raider kind of was an average kid kind of bullied but kind of just you know kind of a pussy but he really got into um dark fantasies at a very young age he even knew at I think it was when he was like eight or nine, he started having sexual urges. So he was kind of an early bloomer in that sense of when it comes to sex and sexual urges. But he got really twisted probably around the age 13. He knew his desires were very different than regular boys and girls. But a little bit before that. So he had like those dark fantasies. But I thought really was interesting was... um, and that's why I kind of was confused as to why he thought his mom was neglectful because one of the activities him and his mom would do because his mom was actually really into horror movies so him and his mom actually watched a lot of horror movies together so he really loved horror movies but from those horror movies he really liked the aspect of defenseless tied up women and so that's kind of where though not horror bringing into those sexual or fantasies because obviously someone who loves horror like me I am obviously not dark and twisted sexually because of horror but that kind of brought him into the realm of possibilities for him was or what he kind of like says that kind of brought him into it was the movies kind of brought it into it so but I do think that in the wrong age frame in the wrong mental state probably watching horror movies at a too young of an age might actually have a negative impact I think it does, and I think, um, because I have, my mom married, or dated this guy whose son would literally watch the Saw movies, and he was seven. Yeah, that's not, 
No, I was 13 at the time and I literally had to leave the room because I couldn't watch because I was so like it just made me very uncomfortable but he was watching it like it was fucking Tom and Jerry well and one thing that maybe is a disconnect from you and I and our friend groups for the most part because we're all like myself and my friend groups are really well myself mostly but some friends are really big into horror I know yeah. you're love horror movies and yeah. horror genre but <laughs> you kind of I forget that like a lot of people don't watch horror movies yeah, no, it's not something people like or gravitate yeah. towards. Like yeah. it's really it's mainstream now because horror fans are so into it, right? So like yeah. it's hard to avoid horror fans. Yeah. But the reality is I don't think the majority of people really watch horror mm-hmm. as a whole. Yeah. So like I sometimes forget that like people don't want to get scared. Yeah, I kinda forget that too. Or people um I noticed too because when I was in the sing- single dating world is when I would talk about people like the, the Tinder questions what's your favorite kind of movie and yeah. I'm like I like horror movies and then a lot of guys were like oh really and like kind of weirded out almost like they just didn't expect yeah. me to say horror was my all time favorite kind of horror movie and I will always watch a horror movie at any point in time like no issues um, it's just one of my favorite things but yeah no it's like it's really weird a lot of people don't like being scared which no. I don't know but that is one thing that I read on was apparently people who watch horror movies are actually more comfortable with death so yeah. they can handle death better than people who hate horror movies well and I'll be straight up with you I, I imagine you're probably in the same boat I'm so desensitized to everything now that like it takes something really fucked up for me to be like okay that makes me uncomfortable yeah no and most of the time it's like fucked up in a sense of like a psycho- psychological fucked up yeah. for me to be like ooh. yeah but if it's like like gore or whatever i'm just like yeah okay yeah oh another quick side note really good show nurse ratchet on netflix there's some parts in that show that makes me just go oh god and that says a lot because i realized like um some of those, some of the scenes, I was just like, that's very, very detailed. Because <laughs> I feel like some horror movies, they like, they're like, slash, and then like that, they move on, yeah. and I don't really like process it, but like, for some reason, that show has some scenes in it that I'm just like, Jesus Christ, great show. Nurse Ratchet. It's a Nurse new, Ratchet. It's, a, it's by the same person who does American Horror Story. Oh. It, it, a hundred, some people might hate it. It just feels like another season of American Horror Story, which I love the show, so it's fine. Yeah, that's fair. But it's really good. So anyways. Yeah, to get back into it, I think it's interesting that he does. He did talk about how the defenseless women in horror movies was something that triggered his whole entire spiel because, I mean, in 2020, we have, like, the BDSM scene's really popular, the subdom yeah. scene's really popular, and it just seems like he would have been a person in today's day and age that probably could have got his rocks off being in like a dumb sub situation yeah but, i think yeah and like you were saying earlier i think if he was born now i don't know if he would have gone on the path that he did because i mean sexual like because how he was because he was kind of like also too timid and he didn't really tell anybody about his sexual urges because he knew how, how fucked up it is fucked i mean up it, it is. during that time period like I mean, this was, we're talking, what, the 70s and 60s? Like, oh, yeah. this he was, was before even, like, porn was common ground. Like, no. it was still very, like, Cause, taboo. Because like, if he was born in 45, by the time he was 30, it's going to be 58. So, yeah. it's 1958. And if you're talking about those kind of sexual fantasies that he had, he would be considered a crazy person. Yeah. But nowadays, it would more be like, 
Get off a Pornhub, kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go take a, go <laughs> outside and try some vanilla sex, yeah, and then fucking you can get there. Go to the gym and lift weights with your left arm for a while. You're looking you're, a little you're disproportionate. You're looking a little lopsided. <laughs> yeah, like because yeah, because definitely if he was born in the '90s, now he would probably do really well as a dom. Yeah. Because like, and there's a lot of communities like the the tying up communities. Oh yeah, I mean I, communities. And I guess stuff. I guess you know. I mean, we don't know, right? Like, he could have still been a fucking murderer. Oh, yeah, no. But I, I, with how we are as a society when it comes to sexual vices, it's definitely more, like, you find like-minded people. And maybe he would have been in one of those weird extremists, like, excuse me, I don't want to say weird, I don't kink shame, unless that's your shame. (laughs) Kink shaming is my kink. um, He probably would have fallen under one of those extreme versions of this but i don't think that well maybe he wouldn't have fallen into this route of serial killer no but then again at that young age he also exhibited which i didn't know that's what it was called zoo sadism by which is torturing killing and hanging small animals so he was really into the hanging aspect like hanging dangling with ropes kind of thing which is a community is one of the bds communities big thing um but yeah so also he also was really into um acted out sexual fantasy fetishes will you carry this for a second yeah of course what is going on outside for sure for sure but anyways back to kind of like his childhood so he would kill torture and hang small animals um he was also known to spy on his female neighbors. He liked to dress up in women's clothing. Um, and he would steal women's clothing and masturbate with ropes and bindings around his arms and neck. So he was really into rope and binding, even for himself. It wasn't always just to another person. He liked to have that done to him. Um, um, later in his life, you'll obviously um, we'll get a little bit more into that, but later in his life, he, he would actually, um, have moments where his cooling off period, so when he wasn't killing and doing all that stuff, he would actually dress up as a woman, wear, like, a woman's mask, and bind and torture himself, essentially, and get off that way. So he liked the binding to himself as well as not, but... So that was kind of his childhood, but most people didn't know that. He thought every everyone in his community thought he was really polite, well behaved, um, well mannered, just a normal average kid, normal guy. Um, after high school, he then joined the Air Force, where he was there for about four years. He was actually even a staff sergeant. So he was really, from what everyone knew, he was just a normal guy. He came back and then married his wife and I think, what was it? Two kids. Yeah. Married, married his wife in 1971, had two kids, which his daughter um, has actually spoken out about. His son doesn't really talk about it, but his daughter is very open about his, her dad and yeah. like how she's like, it was really hard because I, I lost my dad and it's really hard. And I actually watched like her wedding video of him just like walking her down the aisle and it's Ooh. really creepy watching those kind of videos of them doing the most mundane thing like walking your daughter down the aisle terrifies me because it's like almost chilling because it's like what yeah you know like it's just it really just feels weird like because we uh, during the time no one knew but then you look back on you like that guy is thinking about 
murdering and torturing people right now, probably. Yeah, like he's walking his daughter down the aisle, and he's like, hmm, wonder if I have time to find, talk another lady tonight. You want to know what's going on outside? What's outside? People driving around with uh, political flags and other flags honking their horns. Oh my god. We're trying to podcast here. Keep your politics yeah. out of the podcast. Keep the politics out of the podcast. Um, one thing that I... So... As our previous episode and research goes, I would still put Dennis in the category of a successful guy, like the rest of these people. Yeah, he um, even went to college, got, um, I think he got a bachelor's. You want, you want to know what he got a bachelor's in? What? Criminal justice. Of course he did. F- fucking of course he did. So we're talking now, this is what, the third person? Golden State, Ed Kemper, and... Now, BTK, who have either studied or graduated with some sort of minor or research into criminal justice. Yeah. Do you... Why? I mean, listen, I'm not going to say that there's any correlation or whatever, but do you think that there's a point in time where someone thinks in their head, like, let's say you're fucked up and you, you plan in your life to murder somebody. Yeah. I mean... Thinking about one right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a couple, there, there's uh, two career fields that I can think of that you could go into where you might potentially run into a situation where you might have to kill somebody. And criminal justice would be one of them. Criminal justice, yeah. So, I mean... It, it kind of makes is sense. Is that the thought process? Or is it the thing where, where we talked about Golden State where maybe he knew so much about criminal justice that's why he was so good at being a ransacker and murderer and kind of like btk he got away with it yeah that is true and honestly btk could have gotten never gotten caught except he was horny for the fame he he wanted to be he wanted to be this Infamous Jack the Ripper. He wanted, he wanted, to, he wanted the claim. He didn't want someone else to have it. Yeah. He was too selfish. And to be fair, I mean, Jack we're Paul. sitting here in Utah, 30, 40 years later, talking about him. So I mean, kind of works. He may have gotten what he wanted. I mean, he did kind of technically, because I mean, this is what he wanted the whole time. Yeah. But yeah, so kind of normal guy. Um. Let's see. I'm trying to think. If there's anything else in his like early adulthood before we get into the murders. Yeah, um, there was a couple things. So you talk. He was a family man. He was married, two kids. Um, he was a member of the Christ Lutheran Church, which is very relevant in yeah. a little bit. Um, and he was a Cub Scout leader. Yep. So I mean, we're talking like what Holly said with walking a guy, walking his daughter down the aisle. This guy would go on camping trips I imagine and you know just I bet teach he, them and tell them good ghost stories I bet he was fucking great at teaching them knots that's no. for sure he's <laughs> all so like this is a noose I mean oh no no we didn't do the Windsor knot <laughs> if you want to tie up a lady I mean if you want to tie up a, a deer yeah you gotta get the meat hanging real high right like right, right around the neck and you just you wanna, you gotta beat your dick then I mean I mean you gotta you gotta cut the deer but like if you're getting aroused I mean if you're getting um <laughs> I'm excited about the kill. I mean, if you're getting excited, fuck. You know, and this is one of the things that they didn't ever say, and no one came forward. Like, there was no... I know when you think Cub Scout leaders, like, you kind of have, like... It's almost like the old priest jokes kind of. Yeah, I always think of a priest. Yeah, but 
there was never any stories that came up that he molested any kids, nothing like that. And like no. you said, community-wise, they loved him. He, well, he wasn't like um, um, he wasn't like Gacy. Where he wasn't everyone, like Gacy. He wasn't but, like the party playboy who yeah. everyone wanted to be friends with. But he was just a good gentleman. And yeah. I mean, like, I don't think he really. Well, the thing is, I don't think he was um, attracted to kids or no. like he wasn't really. And also, too, I don't. He wasn't really into molesting as much. No. So that's why I think he did really well in the Cub Scouts and was also a member and became and eventually was the elected president of the church council for the Lutheran Church. So I think like his desires were more towards the binding aspect. So yeah. I don't think he would have gotten anything off of doing anything to the Cub Scouts because obviously he was unless he was binding them, but even then I think cuz his MOs were normally single women. Yeah. Or just living family in or family. Single. Yeah, it was always just about. It almost it seemed like he didn't. He had a type, but like almost didn't have a type. It was more of like like it's like love at first sight for him. Yeah. It was like for some reason that one person just piqued his interest, and he was like, "I will stalk and follow you and well, know everything about you." And when we get into the kills, we can talk more about this. But it is strange because he claims that because his first victims was a family of four. Yeah. And the way he tells the story is he broke in and needed wanted her to steal their car or needed their car mm-hmm. and something else. It was like car and something. And yeah, then like he was, said that he was he wasn't wearing a mask so they could identify him. Mm-hmm. So then he strangled one of them and he didn't even he's like he didn't even know if he was dead or not, but he strangled them. So like it was yeah. like a weird Either he's lying and it was all premeditated, which I kind of think it was, or he yeah. really, it was a situation where it was like, I did this thing, now I have to figure out how to not get caught in the spot. And yeah. just, but he also, that was when he jerked off on someone for the first time. Yeah. Well, and I think the two things, like him playing it off, I was like, he was trying to rob somebody. He had a wife and kids. He was like, he had everything he would technically need. And he can't really steal a car when you're in a, when you're married. Because right. then if you get caught, your wife knows. So I don't, I think it was, I think maybe it was like, at the time he was just going in to like test it out. And then he got in over his head and had to finish because with that with the little boy he actually put a sock over his head and slowly suffocated him yeah. so it wasn't fully ah well i already did one person gotta finish the rest it right. was like i think it kind of was maybe he was like playing around trying to see how it goes but i think in the end like the end all be all it was more of like this is okay right i want to do this and, and as, when i say that um btk was I put him in that category as being a successful person aside from his killings. Like, he had several jobs. He worked for Coleman Company, uh, which is like a, I think that's more of like a local Home Depot type of store. Yeah. Um, He worked at the Wichita, which this is what he's kind of, I don't want to say he's known for this because I don't want to tarnish the company's name. Yeah. But he, he worked for ADT. And that's one thing that always goes hand in hand with BTK is he worked for ADT installing security systems. Yeah, so he knew how to get around security systems. Yes, so he knew how to get around security systems, but he also was in a lot of people's houses. And this was right during the time he was killing. And he even talked about how homeowners were concerned about the BTK killings while he was out installing their fucking security systems. Yeah, he was helping the people to prevent him while they invited him in. And then he was a dog catcher. 
Yeah. Or a compliance officer or something like that for a city, uh, Park City, Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was something with the being the dog catcher thing. Now, 1991 is well past most of his murders. I believe actually his last murder took place in 1991. But people did say that he was very overzealous and extremely strict, as well as taking special pleasure in bullying and harassing single women. And then one neighbor even complained to that to the company that ran the dog catching that he killed one of her dogs for no reason. Yeah. So, like, just a side thing away from all the craziness that mm-hmm. we'll talk about now. Yeah. So, his this is the what the Chicago Tribune has posted. Um, so, on January 15, 1974 is when he killed um, the family with the two... Also, I just realized everyone in the family all have J names, and that's kind of cute, but also, like, now it's sad because, you know, they're all dead. Yeah. But he killed all of them, the dad, 38, the mom, 34, and then the two youngest, 11 and 9. Right. And so that was the one where he came into their home, strangled the... Uh, I don't remember who he killed first, or who we thought he strangled first. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he killed one of them first by strangling and then it turned into all of them getting strangled yeah it turned all into strangle and binding and then that was his first time where he jacked off on the crime scene right where he actually left his dna but he did claim that he cleaned everything up and they never did find any of his dna did they not i thought they found maybe they didn't i thought they found it one place but maybe he didn't anyways doesn't really matter but that was the only one where we know he jacked off onto one of his victims and cleaned it up right because after that he just jacked off like i don't know in his like hand i don't know they didn't really he didn't really get into specifications because it just sounded like you did jack off at right because he got off obviously about the strangling murders and all that jazzy jazz and i think it's interesting too so raiders or excuse me dennis has talked about this I don't know if it was in interviews or whatever, but, you know, he he acted out his own sexual fetishes, which we kind of covered, um, all from voyeurism to cross-dressing and asphyxiation. Like, he did all of these things mm-hmm. in his private time. Yeah. And even to the point where, like, he had stolen, like, women's underwear and was yeah. wearing them and then... Later in his life, he actually had restraining orders put against him from single women because he was stalking them. Yeah. So, I mean, this guy wasn't just, um, like we said before, this wasn't just like a jumping into this. Like, he was in a realm of what we would still even consider more of the extreme level of sexual fetishes yeah and like there there's accounts too where he had like um like detective magazines that like had in the magazine depictions of crimes and that's what he basically that was like his playboy right was the crimes basically is watching um women tied up and like being murdered well yeah and then one thing that he did confess to with the whole cross-dressing thing Mm -hmm. is that he would actually he admitted that he was pretending to be his victims as part of a sexual fantasy so he would yeah he would do whatever he did to the victims kill them torture them you know strangle them and then whether or not he took their clothes who knows but then he would go home 
practice those acts like yeah. asphyxiation or whatever On while him. wearing women's clothes, pretending to be the women. The women. Yeah. Which. So that's a lot. That's a lot. But yes. So after after that murder, there was then April fourth, nineteen seventy four. Um, a woman was stabbed to death in her home. That police then concluded was BTK's victim. And then in October 1974, um, the Wichita Eagles Eagle Beacon gets a letter from someone taking responsibility from the first families, including crime scene details. So, not only was this asshole doing all the murders, but he was taunting the police, being like, um, you don't have the right guy, it's me. Oh, it goes even deeper than that. Like, he was leaving crime scene care packages all throughout the city. Like, one of them he taped to a stop sign that had, like, jewelry from one of his victims in it and, like, photos. And, like, he... This is the craziest thing about BTK is, like, he was obviously very arrogant and he wanted this city to be scared. Now, I don't know if that has anything to do with, like, if he felt like the city was against him or why he, maybe that had some sort of role into him yeah. murdering. But, like, it was pretty freak. Well, I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, not frequent, but they found tons of letters. And he even went to the extent of hiding almost every single detail of that first murder in an engineering book in a public library. Yeah. It was like a confession almost. Right. So if someone would have came across that book, they would have found him years before they actually did yeah and then um he even wrote poems yeah like i'm trying to pull one up um but yeah he would leave letters poems would write to news places um anything to basically say like oh it's me not this person but well and he also talked about one in one of his letters that he sent he said that he was driven by something that he called Factor X, which he said is a supernatural element that also motivated motivated people like Jack the Ripper, Son of Sam, and Hillside Strangler. Yeah. So he he's comparing himself to these guys because he wants to get that level of fame, but he's also claiming that there's some supernatural element to this that he this is why he's doing. Yeah. I personally think that he just thought that he was super special, which kind of goes in with one of the psyche valves that I'll talk about later that he went through. Because I think that he really thought, for some reason in his own eyes, he was more special and more important than everyone else, and no one wanted to listen to him. So he decided to go the route of terrorizing people, because when you terrorize, people start listening. Yeah, and then, well, because when people are more fearful, it makes sense as to, like, why... I don't know, maybe he just got off on the fear as well, but... So, in, uh... He, he tried to murder this lady in 1979, and he did make a big deal about this in one of his um, interviews or mm. courtrooms where he talked yes. about... And this is a quote. He said he was absolutely livid, um that he was unable to kill that woman. Yes, it was, um, I found the poem. So he wrote her a letter 
because he came in there, obviously she wasn't there, and he was so mad about it, he wrote her a poem. I'll read just a little bit, and it's called, Oh Anna, Why Didn't You Appear? Yeah. It was, or twas the perfect plan of deviant pleasure so so bold on that spring night. My inner feeling, or inner feeling? No, my inner feeling hot with this fucker too yeah. too too extravagant for me i'm too i'm too stupid but it was just like oh Anna, very intelligent very intelligent i'm reading this and i'm like this could be like in like a fucking like literature class it's yeah. so real written drop of fear fresh spring rain would roll down from your nakedness to scent to scent to lofty fever which that burns within Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? Alone, now in another time span, I lay with sweet and rapture garments across mass private thoughts. Bed of spring mist, moist... Bed of... I'm sorry, the word moist just gets <laughs> Yeah, <me>. moist is <laughs> moist, a good one. Clean before the sun, enslaved with control, warm wind scented the air, sunlight sparkled tears, and eyes so deep and clear. Alone again, I trod in past memories of mirrors and ponder... For number eight was not. Oh, Anna, why didn't you appear? That's pretty fucking dark. I, could you imagine getting a letter and someone being like, why weren't you there? I was ready to, you know. Immediately moving across ma- the country. I would literally leave my like residence, change my name. I'd be like, this is it. This is it. I'm out. So I want to talk about the killing of a 53-year-old woman he did in 1985. And particularly... This is the reason why I left out some of the names for the victims. Because I, there's two things that really bother me in the world. Yeah. Like, that, like as far as, like, creeps me out. Not like pet peeves or anything, but, like, I, there's something just beyond, like, unexplainable that I just don't know why it pisses me off so much. But that's when someone does anything to a dead body. Because it's yeah. like, you know, like... It the other the, the minor thing that's similar to that that pisses me off is when people won't will talk shit behind your back and won't just tell it to you because it's yeah. like how am I supposed to defend myself when you're talking shit behind my back? Yeah, like if the, if you have a problem, just tell me to my face. But like, and it's the same thing with like anytime kids are involved, like with being victims or whatever, they can't defend themselves. No. And dead bodies, like that's one thing that just really pushes me over the edge of like, I I I can't explain it, but. It, Anyways, he murdered a 53-year-old woman whose name I'm going to leave to rest um, in 1985. Um, And if I'm wrong in not naming people, maybe it's more respectful too. Please let me know because, like, I'm not trying... I'm trying to do the least least disrespectful thing possible. I don't know if it's better to name people to try and pay homage or if it's better just to lay things to rest. I don't know. I don't know what's best. Um, I think... I don't know, that's a little bit hard to say. I feel like saying the victims' names, it depends on the context. If you're using it as, like, a remembrance, like, gone too soon, slash, you didn't deserve that, what, insert name, I think that's good. But I think in some cases, like, I don't know, like, children's names, I feel like should be left out. But at the same time, like, when I think of, like, mass shootings, I think we shouldn't bring the killer's name in. We should only talk about the victim. Yes, I agree. We should only 
mention them. But in a situation like this where a name is so prevalent and we know the face and we know the names, I feel like sometimes maybe leaving the victims out is a little bit more uh, a par. Like, the reason why I feel so bad about this one is because what I'm going to tell you that he did really irked me and made me feel uncomfortable. Kind of going back to we talked about like things don't yeah. make us uncomfortable. This does. And it did. And like, I don't know this, this lady who this happened to. Yeah. It's so tragic that she got killed and so awful but then what transpired after her killing is even worse so i it just it sucks because i wish i we had information on who this lady was because i would do a whole podcast on her just to say like this was a person like they don't no one ever talks about the victims as people they're just victims which sucks yeah i want to know who she was like what she was about but that's a whole different tangent um what happened was is he he killed this lady and he took the body of this woman to the church that he was the president of the council of. Yeah. And he photographed the body in various bondage positions as well as other things like just yeah. basically dragging the body around this church and taking pictures. Yeah. And to me like that just is so I don't know. That's a level of if I believed in a heaven or a hell, you're going to, like, the bottom of hell. Like, that's just so yeah. fucked up. Like, taking the body to places... Well, and then getting pictures for your own sexual gratification. That's the yeah. part that's messed up, is that you're taking pictures to use later. Well, and then, like, he just dumped the body in a ditch. Yeah. Like, in, after he was done. Um, he did call this plan Project Cookie. There's no... I couldn't find a reason why he did. Um, but... He de- that was all premeditated, obviously, like doing, taking her the body, like I, I don't know. It just that one was tough for me to research and read through, and I left out details because I just don't want to. Just makes me sad and angry. Yeah. Um, and then '88, so a couple years after this, is when he killed three more members of a family. So now he's killed several single women, and now a total of seven people in two separate families. Um, and one thing that we're not talking about that much, he sent in a lot of stuff to newspapers and police, and it was all, like, evidence from the crime scenes, it was all letters, it was all different kinds of things just to say, hey, by the way, this was BTK, and I don't want you motherfuckers to forget who I am. Yeah. Also, we wrote another poem called Oh, Death to Nancy. So, like, this motherfucker was fucking spitting rhymes yeah but it's like like it's almost like because like what was what puts him a little bit different than the everyone else was no one wanted to even admit to it like some people would even like deny that they ever did it like gacy he never admitted to doing it and like so i think is what puts him apart from a lot of people is the way he just wants to like I don't know, like, keep bringing it up, like, keep making it... I, I'm i not a psych... A psych, well, psych psychologist. Major, psychologist, anything like that. But I almost wonder, <laughs> if we go back to the horror genre, right, and his fascination with that, I don't know what he watched, but I wonder if he really wanted to be, like, a Jason. Like a Jason or something. Well, from what it sounded like, he watched everything. So I wonder if, like... Yeah, I could see that. Like, Maybe. cause like, cause you know, like, cause like in the horror community, everyone knows Michael Myers, Jason, yeah, Freddy Krueger. So I wonder if he did have that that desire to be the BTK killer. Cause didn't he even he name himself? 
Yeah, oh yeah. yeah. No, BTK was 100% his name. That yeah. was not uh It wasn't just something they came up with. It, he came up with his own name um, uh, for the BTK killer. He wanted to be a na- household name almost. He wanted to have that that connotation. He wanted to have that fame. He wanted to be named as a person. So I feel like he did want that I don't know, that publicity, I guess. Right. Because he really, I mean, he even named himself. He put himself in a situation where he was always found. Oh, I wonder that movie. Sorry, we're looking up um, horror movies that came out in the 60s. And I see one here that's called 2000 Maniacs. And literally the cover has someone, a woman that's bound. Right. Or like tied up with rope. Well, I'm like... So in the 60s, I guess maybe Jason wasn't, Friday the 13th wasn't out yet? No, those were 70s, 80s. So if he was watching more 60s horror movies, these are when they were very, like, intimate, like, as far as, like, why they were horror. It wasn't really monsters besides, like, Frankenstein and stuff or, you know. Yeah. I'm sure Night of the Living Dead was out, but, like. Yeah, so there were, I mean, there was, like, monsters and stuff, but it was also, too, the... I would say American or Psycho is probably the yeah, most Psycho. popular '60s one. That's top. That's straight up just a white guy who murders people, murders his mom. Yeah, well, he keeps his mom's body yeah, and dresses up as his mom. That's well, that's well, he dressed up as women and his victims. That is true. I'm trying to think, but yeah, that 2000 Maniacs, just the cover alone, making me think. Yeah, that, that makes one. sense. Um, right, right there. Yeah, like if you pull back. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's down and. But I think at this time, too, it was a lot of the the women were much the victims in a lot of horror movies because it makes the most sense because they're the most defenseless and the weakest, I guess, in the sense of just biologically, I guess. Well, and, def- and definitely back in the 60s, the gender roles were very... Very strict. That stereotypical, like, what yeah. we make fun of now, like, yeah. women cook and clean, they're weak, like, yeah. they don't do anything. They're like, easy to get. Yeah, so I mean... 60s horror movies were probably all that. Oh, 100%. It was always, like, the damsel and then the men finding the killer. Yeah, yeah. You always had, like, a woman victim then solve the murders. But, so I think, I don't know, I don't want to say, like, horror made him that way. I think he always kind of had that predisposition. Well, and I also, too, so with the whole, like, hanging and killing animals and binding and torturing them kind of started the whole thing. So I feel like he kind of had... He just had a lot of shit going on. Right. Um, now, I was actually, I got pretty hyped about how he got caught. Yes. Because I'm a nerd. Yeah. And whoever figured all this out was definitely some sort of fucking nerd. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Which also, too, uh, like another like nerdy thing, this is like has to do with like um, office supplies is when they like figured out that he printed some of the letters at the library because they were able to trace like the paper and the ink and like all that stuff I was like that's pretty bad that's pretty badass but like obviously it's a public library how many people are coming in to use their computers and shit like that all the time and printing shit out obviously you can't really contract or like figure out from that but I thought that was really interesting like another interesting thing that like they were able to track down the fucking place that he printed out some of his letters and stuff so and this is the crazy part about BTK is in 2004 it was a cold case yeah they had almost a hundred percent given up on it yeah it was just 
he hadn't killed anyone since 1991. Yeah. He has now taken a lull of, you know, how many years is that? 1991 to 2004. It's 14 years. So, like, he nothing's happened. No one's died. He hasn't sent in any letters, anything like that. Yeah. Um, until a random month in 2004, Dennis... Initiated a series of eleven communications to the local media again, yes. almost at like a. Hey, don't forgive me. Hey, motherfuckers! I haven't heard my name in like ten years. I want to get back into this, and uh, and a huge blunder, which will actually lead to his arrest in two thousand five. And keep in mind, this is still pretty fresh. This was only fifteen years ago. Yeah. Like we're not talking you know, Gacy, and this was like in the 70s and 80s, he did not get arrested until 2005. On his stupidity. On his stupidity. Well, you know what? He was stupid to do this, but also, like, I wouldn't even know about how he got caught. Yeah. But, so anyways, how how it went down um, is pretty insane in my eyes, and it really sounds like something that you would see in, like, a fucking movie. Yeah, like it it's, it is, it's almost just so unbelievable. Right. So the short part, the, the short story to this whole thing, he was still being arrogant. He was still sending in letters, talking shit, saying all this wacky, crazy stuff. I mean, you can go read a lot of these. Yeah. I left it out because it's fucked up, dark, and gloomy. I don't want to sit here and read it all, you right, know? Right, yeah. Um, but he sent in, like, photographs of crime scenes, letters photocopies of driver's licenses of victims that he had um all this type of stuff um and he placed packages throughout the city like yeah. i said earlier one was taped to a t- uh, stop sign um which had i don't know who found it but mm-hmm. in it was graphic graphic details of what happened with that first family yeah like just graphic so if a fucking family came across that and opened it up and started reading that that would be devastating oh yes Right, and uh, <laughs> all those packages of letters are accounted for online, like I said, if you guys want to talk about that. Um, but you're not going to believe me when I tell you what got him caught. No, it's fucking insane. A floppy disk. I'm sorry, it is so fucking funny. A fucking floppy disk, like a literally like, yes, I'm talking about like the night, like the late 90s early 2000s floppy disks. Yes. For you younger audiences, you probably don't even know what this is, so you're going to have to look it up. I'm almost at that age of retirement now where I know stupid shit like floppy disks. I remember in elementary having to shove a floppy disk in there and it could save like two PDF files at most. Like it was, like I don't even remember how much memory they had, like 144 megabytes maybe. Oh yeah, like it was like basically a flash drive but in a disk. Yeah, in a disk and it didn't hold yeah. jack shit. Um, but before we get into the the fucking radness that is this guy who basically figured out how it was Dennis Rader. Uh, there's an, a, ra- a very random important thing that happened that I have to cover. Um, Dennis had tried to place a package of, you know, stuff from murder scenes and letters on a bed of a pickup truck at Home Depot. And uh, he personally never heard anything about it in the media. No one covered it. No one... It didn't hit any news articles. It didn't say, oh, another package from BTK. No. And he was like, what the fuck? So he asked about the letter. He sent it to the police station or the news media to be like, hey, so uh, who ended up finding that letter? I put it at Home Depot. And uh, the police went and watched the surveillance footage. 
and well, since he was a surveillance guy and knows how it was, the only thing that you could see on the surveillance camera was someone drop off a package in a black Jeep Cherokee. <clears throat> that might not sound important at all, but it's very important. Um, so in a different letter that Radar had sent, he asked, straight up asked the police department if he put stuff on a floppy disk, if it can be tracked or not. Yeah. He's having communications with the police officers right. through newspaper articles and letters. He's okay. like, he's like, hey guys, how can I tell you more about the murders but not get caught? Right. So, like, this probably sounds crazy to you because this sounds crazy to me. He's yeah. like, he would send him a letter and then they would reply in a fucking local newspaper like a goddamn movie. Yeah. Because they're like, well, we don't know who the return address is. I guess we have to publish it because yeah. we don't fucking know how else to communicate with them. So... In a newspaper article, they said it would be safe to use, which, in theory, isn't wrong. Yeah. Unless there is a fucking high-level IQ guy on your team. Which, um, most of the time, well, and also in this scenario, it's the police department. If they didn't fucking have somebody, they would send it to someone who can. Yeah. And I really wish I could have found the name of the guy who did this, but it's brilliant. So on February 16th of 2005, Radar sent a floppy disk, a letter... A gold-colored necklace with some sort of medallion on it, and a photocopy of the cover of *Rules of Prey*, which is a novel about a serial killer. Yeah. Um, he sent that all in. Now, once they got the floppy disk, <laughs> this is where the fun shit started happening. And yeah. I don't—I know a lot about tech. I don't even know how this works. Yeah. But someone got into the floppy disk and found metadata. Met metadata embedded in a deleted Microsoft Word document on the floppy disk. Oh, yeah. So they basically broke into the code in a way, yeah. if you want to put it that way, and uh, found that there was a deleted Microsoft Word document. Um, and this was not planted by Dennis for some arrogant thing. No. Obviously. Like, oh, no. He thought he had... The he should have just used a new floppy disk, but no, he just like, I'll delete this one and use this one. Right. So the metadata contained the words Christ Lutheran Church, and the document was marked as last modified by Dennis. Just yeah. Dennis. Just Dennis. Okay. And they were like, oh, interesting. So one quick internet search later, yeah. if you just type in Dennis in, Christian, in Christ Lutheran Church, ding, 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 come to find out, Dennis, Dennis Rader is the president of the local Christ Lutheran Church's council. I mean, that's that is literally how he got caught. Um, now, that's not enough evidence really to put someone down for these heinous crimes. Well, yeah. when they investigated Joe Bias House, ding ding ding, black Jeep Cherokee. Okay, well, there's two marks because um, that's one they found or the one that they saw on the surveillance footage of Home Depot. Mm -hmm. And then um, something else happened that was kind of interesting. Um, the police obtained a warrant to test a pap smear taken from Raider's daughter at the Kansas State University Medical Clinic. And DNA tests showed a familiar match between the pap smear, oh, you were right, and the sample from a victim's fingernails. I imagine yeah. that she was fighting back and they yeah. scraped the DNA. So from the pap smear, the DNA was very close match to Raider's daughter. Yeah, like it would have had to have been one of Ray it had to have been the daughter's 
some family member. Yeah. So, I mean, they put now three and three together. Yeah. You know, like, three strikes are out. Let's go. And uh, he was then arrested driving near his home in Park City shortly after noon on February 25th of 2005. So, this would have been 11 days or nine days after he sent him that floppy disk. Probably, the police were just like, let's fucking get this guy so we can just stop hearing from him. And this guy, right? The police officer asked Mr. Raider, do you know why you're going downtown? All he replied is, oh, I have suspicions why. Hey, I can probably understand, <coughs> but can you tell me why you think I did? Right. And then they did the whole entire, I mean, from there, the rest is history. You know, they went in and searched his house. They got, they got him. Yeah. Um, they, I don't know. It, it, what's crazy to me, right, is if he didn't sit in that floppy disk, would it be a Golden State Killer scenario where we find out maybe in 2019 who he was? Probably, um, unless like one of his kids did a crime and their DNA got put into the database and then from there they can like, it's a cold case someone's like I'll pick it up and then just happen to find it kind of like how the Golden State Killer kind of went I would assume probably something like that if it wasn't for the floppy disk but I don't know he was just getting so arrogant at the end I just feel like he probably would have sent an email at one point and they would have tracked it back to his computer that eventually he would have gotten caught if it was a couple years later or what right. but I mean I don't know it's kind of hard to say but yeah. the thing is I, I know eventually he probably would have gotten caught because I think he's just so cocky so arrogant so arrogant so cocky but yeah he was then charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder which he confessed to and then from there he pled guilty instead of you know yeah yeah but on top of telling them everything he did he still made no apologies no motherfucker didn't give a fuck yeah then he was sentenced i'm trying to think he was sentenced to 10 consecutive life sentences with a minimum of each sentence of 175 years and so since kansas also has no death penalty yeah he's obviously gonna stay alive which also is more beneficial because it costs the taxpayers millions to kill somebody than to house them for the rest of their lives so he is now just in jail for the rest of his life, which I think he's like about 45 minutes from where he lived. Yeah. But, yeah. I do think that, I don't know, it. it's one of those, BTK is one of those ones that's just so interesting because he literally got his rocks off. I mean, besides all the other crazy stuff, but like, he wanted to be a Gacy. He wanted to be a Jack the Ripper, the son of Sam. He wanted to be. He wanted one to of be. He wanted to be famous. He wanted to have his name out there. Maybe not as Dennis Rader, but he wanted. To, he, that's why he gave himself the BTK killer name. He wanted. He wanted the fame. And it kind of pisses me off that he was successful at it. Yeah, that's the thing. Like I get it, because with the police, they have to. What else are they going to do? Not. Yeah not not do that like not reply back to him because like they they, they wanted, have to they have to they gotta know they need yeah. to get the information they need to catch the guy who's been fucking putting wichita on the ropes no. literally and figuratively <laughs> yeah i definitely think that i, I think he would have gotten caught eventually and i yeah. think that his arrogance just wouldn't let him 
not just chill? Because, I mean, it, it sounds like from 1991 to 2004, he was just chilling. And what I mean by that is I'm sure he was still doing all of his sexual things with himself. And, yeah. you know, he had, like I said, he had um, people who put restraining orders out because yeah. he was stalking them. Which, like, is, which is really interesting to me because up until his arrest, he was still married, yeah. still with his wife. I wonder how the sex was with his wife, how that went for them, because, I mean, if he was that intricate into BDSM, I wonder, obviously, about their sex life. But, I mean, then again, Gacy was basically a gay man who was, well, he was bi, but he was basically gay. Yeah. And he had two kids and a second wife that he was able to be with, but... Um, you know, and, and I don't know, like, especially in this time period, right, it, it's probably still so... It was probably still... So, still super fearful to have conversations with your partner in regards to your sexual yeah. desires especially if you know that your Look. your your fantasies are definitely more on the extreme side yeah but i wonder i wonder what like if he would have talked to his wife and been like hey this is what i did like i'm sorry to tell you this but like this yeah. is the things like i don't think at the time though she'd be okay with it probably not but my thing is she was still with him until he got captured but that means, like, in the 90s, he had restraining orders for stalking, and she, like, she stayed with him? If my if my significant other had a restraining order against them, and we were married for 30 Stop. years for stalking, we were been married for over 10 years, I'd be like, you gotta go. Yeah, those are kind of the pieces of evidence you can't find, because, like, I want to know how those conversations went, unless he just... That is true, because if they served him when he was alone, how he, she may never have even known. I mean, um, Gacy's mom and wife lived with him, and he was using his garage to do all the things with the little boys yeah. and hiding the bodies in the house. So, I mean, at the same time, love is blind. Yeah. But I just think that... That's also another scenario. That's also not our business, really. No, and also, no. it's not her fault. It's not. It's no one's fault but his own for what happened. There is an interesting thing, though, and I don't know if it's fiction. So, BTK is kind of slightly introduced in the Netflix show Mindhunters. Apparently, it's supposed to be season three's main focus. Yeah, so there's a scene... Because you see, you've seen both seasons, right? No, I have to still oh. watch it. So they don't ever really talk about BTK, but at the start and sometimes at the end of episodes, they show him. Like, 80 t-shirt. Like, yeah. Kind of like almost like a true a crime. Almost. It was almost like a true crime's Easter egg because it didn't have any bearing to the story, but if you know a lot about true crime, that, that's BTK. But there was a scene, if I remember right, where they showed him, like, tied up with noose around his neck, like, on the ground like on all fours in women's clothing and then his wife walking in on him and seeing it. So I wonder... There might have been details that I missed because I really didn't want to go down the path of talking about all the sexual things because that's yeah. like... That, that, that's the type of stuff that maybe would be better down on a Patreon episode or something. Yeah, but, for sure. Um, you know, he... He definitely... You know, like I said earlier, I don't kink shame, but as far as what he wanted to get into, that would still be considered in today's day and age is fairly extreme. Yeah. Well, to his extent, yeah, it's a bit extreme, but also it's very out there. And also, too, you find your right community and your right partner, and you have no issues. Well, and but and I and like I like I would like to address everyone. Just if you have these fantasies and you're married with someone, you gotta talk to your fucking partner. 
Yeah, because you never know. They might have the same ones. Yeah, they might just be like, oh, yeah, I'll fucking hang you from the top rope, bud. Hey, bud. You know? Hey, bud. <laughs> you know? Hey, I know a couple for their eight-year anniversary, they gave, they gave um, well, one of them gave the other golden shower. Mix right. it up. Yeah. Gotcha. You, you've been together for how long? You gotta try something new. Yeah. So you never know. Talk yeah. to your partners. You gotta have a partner that's open to shit. You never know. Yeah, but... Even then, at this time, where he when he did get married, it's kind of hard because it's the 70s and you it's know different. it's different. But um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I watched like a interview with his daughter and how it was really weird. And even her husband was like, "Yeah, it was really weird. He seemed like every other Wichita dad, yeah. just lame almost. This is just basic, silly, simple man." So they did an, a psyche eval on yeah. him to see if they could plead or plead sanity or is that what it is plead insanity yeah for his case um and psychologist robert mendoza was hired for the the public defense and he determined that or he, he conducted an interview with raider um and mendoza diagnosed raider with narcissistic antisocial and obsessive compulsive personality disorder um, he also observed him that he was like this, he had this grandiose self, or sense of self, and a belief that he was special, um, so he he felt like he needed special treatment, Yeah. Um, and a pathological need for attention and admiration, um, obviously. So, I, I want to ask you this, right, because mm-hmm. now we've done, I would arguably say probably like five of the most infamous serial killers yeah all of them are very similar in a lot of ways but i'm trying to figure out like i want to try and get in the mind of one of these guys like do they have split personalities because i like because we talked about this before right like Mm -hmm. if you we'll, we'll use like in the mood for one thing right like sometimes if you're in a super hyper like sexual mood like yeah your thoughts might be different when you're just like normal going to work right yeah so like do these guys have just that but like times a million so like when they get in these moods it's so far out of their normal behavior yeah. they just can't not be that person murderers. yeah i would see that because like i mean like, like people who are in the BDSM communities when they like dogs or doms or subs, most of the time you can't know that just by looking at a person. Right. Like, you don't, they have that different, like, persona in a different sense. Same with, like, furries. They have their own persona right. in a separate category, which, which is, like, this person and this person. So I think, yeah, I can see that definitely. And I think, too, like, in these cases, too, where they can have, like, normal sex personas and then their extreme sex right. personas so i think so yeah i think i don't know like the whole if they're different personalities like if they're like a split person like if they have something like that i don't know i'm not really into, like i don't know enough about psychology enough about the disorders because like i was like, watching this girl who has borderline personality disorder and she's like says that you can't really know when she's a different person because she barely even knows if she's a different person it just kind of feels like she's just so many things at once and um she was saying how like she was just like filming herself and she was like sitting on the couch kind of like 
this and how she knew she was a different person as she sat up like this. Right. And it was just simple like that. And that's just how she knew she was kind of in a different mindset as someone else. So I think possibly, but I think this one goes far deeper because it's an obsession. Obsession. It's like their their niche, their their desires, right. their their what they're into, like their fandom, I guess you can even well, say too. And, and I guess it does harken back to childhood, right? Like if you get involved in something at a young age, you probably never will be like, for example, like something that's not crazy that I was involved in at a young age is Pokemon cards. And I'm 26 years old and I still buy packs every couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. You know, so if you have a childhood where you're obsessed with like, you know, murdering small animals and at a young age you start getting interested in these sexual acts, like I think that just becomes you. That It's ingrained so much that even if you want to avoid it, you can't. Or someone yeah. like Ed Kemper who had to deal with so much, you know, bullying and harassment from his mom that he could just never let it go. Yeah, and I think, because that's the thing too with Ed Kemper, he didn't stop until his mom was dead. Right. And once his mom was dead, he was like, I'm okay now. Right. I can't. Well, he's like, I know I'm not safe for society because I'll keep doing it, but... The end all goal, well, whether it was a goal or not, the end, the it, evil it, is gone in yeah. his eyes. He, he was... He was satisfied once his mom was dead. So I think so. I think partially, like, Raider especially, or Dennis Raider being super into um, bondage at such a young age, and it just kind of took over his life, I think. I don't know. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to think of the words. I kind of think that as far as sexual, like, what you have to do to get your rocks off can really be a slippery slope depending on when you get involved in certain ages because yeah i, I don't know if you read any of these articles lately but like mm-hmm. our generation at least men are having a lot more ed problems because of oh yeah porn being so regularly available that you know the just seeing a naked woman who wants you isn't enough anymore yeah so they're actually not even getting aroused thus you know causing ed on top of the fact that you know they're slapping their meat like six times a fucking day like that's... yeah no 100 percent. i think that's also too what's hard because i i've been really i know a lot about that and that's why i think talking to your kids about porn is really important because um yeah i was reading like a book men women and children really fantastic book fantastic movie but that was one of the kids problem is that he watched so much porn that just having normal sex he couldn't come or even get hard because he was just so desensitized and needed something more to get off so I think with Dennis because like I mean he did bind and kill and torture animals that it kind of became his thing yeah and then when it turned into being of age to now start thinking about sex how he could incorporate what he did with those animals into this now sexual fantasy yeah i think that's probably yeah where the slope was because yeah i mean i you know i've the whole porn thing and sexual desire if you start at a young age yeah and you start in like a pretty deep pool of you know fetish or whatever like you're not going to be able to come back really yeah you're not going to be able to maintain that for 20 years without getting even more extreme because regardless if people want to admit or not there's a point in time where you get i don't want to say bored but you want to explore yeah no i know i think you can say you get bored yeah because i mean some people are okay with vanilla sex the rest of their life and some people are like i can't i 
in it anymore. Right. But, and I think that's true too, and that's why I think it's important to find the right partners so that you can grow together sexually and physically and emotionally. But I think with Raider, it was really hard because he developed a lot faster as a kid because even at like eight or nine, he was kind of like getting into like the sexual fantasies and then all that stuff. And then when he was like a teenager, he was finding and torturing himself and also spying into his neighbor's windows and um, stealing women's underwear and clothes. I think also too, there's this weird thing. I've been trying to research on it and think about it for this podcast and I haven't quite came up with a whole entire summary of my thoughts, but I think there's this thing that humans go through. You know how when people use the term like, man, that makes me feel alive. And like usually it's like something crazy like, skydiving like gives you an adrenaline rush right i think for a lot of these serial killers specifically like that's their only way they feel alive is doing these things and the rest of their life is just so mundane or right it's just what you do to get off your locks next time and i think like not to do with this but i think that's where like addiction to something is coming to play like you know for me i'm not addicted to gambling i joke about gambling but man, when I have like a hundred dollars on a bet, and I'm sitting there like my heart's just pop, 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 pop. oh yeah. You know, it's it's like exciting. So like I think for some people, if they get involved in something like this that makes them feel alive at such a young age, yeah, that just becomes almost an addiction. Like they have to get it because that's it's such a high high. Like you know, the heroin chase the dragon. That's such a high high that they want yeah. to keep getting it. Now they have to keep doing it making it more extreme to try and get back to that initial that, that initial high yeah. yeah no I agree with that completely because I mean when I was a kid um because that's why I know I have like a shopping problem a little bit I do I know I do and it's not like so bad that I'm like in thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars of debt like I'm not like a shopaholic to the point where I'm shout out pumpkin shirt pumpkin shirt six dollars <laughs> at target <laughs> that gave me an adrenaline rush but like um I do. I get um, that instant gratification of buying something online, and then once I get it in the mail, I just get that instant gratification again. But then it's gone, and I want something new. So like, I do get that because like as a kid, I didn't really have like a lot of things. But like when we go on shopping trips, and that was like my like that was like oh exciting. I could get something new, and it's like fun and something to do. And like shopping was like really interesting for me. And so. See, Not I, even for like name brand stuff. It was going to the Hello Kitty store and getting cool Hello Kitty pens. And I was just like, yes. And no. so like even now I'm like, I see Star Wars pens and I'm like, yes, give me the Kylo Ren one. Gotta get it. Yeah. Fucking thick, thick, thick Ren. Thick boy, swallow Ren. Yeah, swallow Ren. <laughs> no, yeah, I, I think that maybe that has something to do with it. Like, like I said though, I don't know what the hell I'm really talking about. It's just now that we've researched, you know. Is this our sixth episode? This is like our seventh or eighth episode. Seventh, eighth episode. We're pretty deep in there because we did um, Gacy, Mary Bell, Mary Bell, Heaven's Gate, Golden State, and is this our six? I think this is our six. Are we missing Damn. one in there? Hold on. I think we're missing one. Wait, because we did. I know for sure it was Gacy, Mary Bell. I feel like we did another one. I should have all of them on there. They're not. The website is still no, not perfect. I'm keeping that picture though. Oh, Elizabeth Smart. That's who we're forgetting. Oh, yeah. Elizabeth so, this Smart. is our seventh episode. Right. Woo, happy seventh. Party, party, party. Party, party, party. You know, we've covered seven now. Pretty, you know, yeah. extreme cases for the most part. And, like, you start seeing patterns. You do see patterns. And I think 
Yeah, I think... Yeah, and a lot of them is the whole... Killing animals as a kid. Getting that... That... Kind of like, almost like... I feel like, too, um, how you're raised also, too, your self-esteem as a kid is so important that if you feel... I've noticed a lot of, like, um, all of them so far is the belittling of a parent really fucks up a child. Because, I mean, Gacy was belittled for maybe being gay, which he was, but he didn't want to admit it, and it made it worse for him because his dad was so anti. Um, The Golden State, his dad beat him around... And then left him and then created another family with their exact names. Yeah. Basically just fucked his kids. Just restart. Like, he just restarted his life. Um, he called IT and they were like, yeah, you plug it, you unplug the modem and then you plug it back in. Yeah, and they're like, here, new family. Let's yeah. name them after my first children. <laughs> That's so fucking hard. Fucking harsh. Um, um, I mean, Heaven's Gate people bullied as a kid, couldn't really do much. Yeah. Went crazy, was already kind of crazy, and yeah. then they made religion. Um, Mary Bell, yeah. prostitute at like six. Oh, yeah, her Mary Bell, as far as a kid goes, there's not gonna be someone that tops that child. No, drama. that one was rough. Um, but shout out to her, shout out great her. recovery, great recovery, wherever she may be with her granddaughter and daughter. Yeah. I hope you're doing well. I hope so too, because she, you know what, good on her yeah. for everything else. But and then, like, yeah, I think just. I don't know, it's kind of hard to say, but I think also, too, like, the self-esteem, like, I mean, Dennis Rader's parents weren't super abusive, they were maybe not there because they were working to raise their family and support their family, but him having also, too, feeling like, um, having that insecurity of his sexual desires. Well, on top of that, okay, this kind of makes sense now, so if he was actually, since a young age, had this this psyche vow where he you know was mm-hmm. narcissistic like if he had that at a young age yeah maybe his parents were just normal but in his eyes they didn't give him enough attention because he wanted all of it yeah and especially with four brothers you have four little boys running around he and also be... and also being the oldest especially during that time the oldest was kind of the second the third parent you yeah. were watching your brothers and sisters just brothers in this scenario but um I think then he just kind of was left in a corner, quote-unquote, but really, in fact, he was fine. I mean, his mom went to movies with him and hung out with him, and I think... Because I didn't really really talk about his parents so much because I don't think they they were kind of normal parents, but I think with that narcissistic behavior and attitude, I think even as a kid, he knew... He always felt like he was special and deserved more. So I think that, that insecurity of his parents not really loving him can go and I mean you can even look at like someone like Ted Bundy who his grandparents who raised him he thought they were his parents find out no his sister was his mom and having that neglect of cause also his grandparents were fucking old right? and they were having to raise another fucking kid so they were probably not into it as much so I think it's just like that um that insecurity and I mean and then again not everybody that has neglectful parents is the same way like I mean I was only raised with one parent and I was fine I never had my my mom like who left that never really affected me because I had just a strong other parents right. that of thing but then again with like um, Ed Kemper his mom well his mom I think was like 
borderline. I think her small probably was like schizophrenic. Yeah, she, she had issues. She had issues. Well, she had borderline personality disorder for sure. But I wouldn't be surprised if she had more because she just thought Ed was yeah, a monster. Evil. He thought he. She knew when he. He. He thought he. He was evil from the beginning, and then when his dad left, that just made it worse because. And he lost his only parent that was like right. okay and wanted to like hug him. Right. But that was gay, so no. <laughs> yeah, absolutely not. I so I have a kind of a fucked up question. I don't expect you to have an answer to this because mm-hmm. this is just a random thought. So like in 2020, right, it's murder, you don't get away with murder often. Mm-hmm. Right. Like I know there's still active serial killers and all that, but yeah. like if we were like to go out and actually try and like murder people, like Mm-hmm. The chances of you getting away with it are like slim to none now because of tech. Yeah. Do you think that because of that, knowing that you can't like do this anymore, do you think a lot of these people who maybe be might be around our age who had terrible childhoods are now turning to drugs and suicide? Since drugs and suicide are such a high rate mm-hmm. nowadays but this is now the outlet now I'm not saying that this I guess this is a dumb comparison because obviously there's not the majority of people weren't serial killers in the 60s, 70s, and 80s Yeah. but we don't have many serial killers in our age group but now we have so many people who deal with trauma that now are just go the route of drugs or suicide. suicide which is tragic on both ends like the, yeah. you know I'm not I'm not saying that this is a yeah well because then the new factor is social social media yeah. and that's what's killing our generation I is social so media too. um if you watch the social dilemma it really shows that a lot it's a really good documentary on Netflix but I think nowadays the reason why we don't have like serial killers but I think it's also too one people are more informed on how to do it properly to not get caught because i think also too we live in an area because i don't really keep up with like world news and also too in our state we don't have a lot of murders and things like that um and when we do it's big news like i mean anytime someone gets murdered in our state it's like everyone knows it right because it's so less common but i think if you kind of go out of the state there's a lot more murders but i think people are getting caught easier because obviously technology but i think Cause I don't, I don't, I know where you're coming from. I get what you're saying. Yeah, I, I just don't know if I really agree. I want to rephrase it because okay. I don't think comparing them to, I guess what I want to ask is, do you think that now there's more outlets available, positive or negative for people who have childhood trauma? So we aren't seeing more serial killers. Yes, I do. And also too, I think because I'm whoever the guy, the mind hunter guy is, because now we also know what to look for when it comes to small children for those tendencies in the future. So now we know what to look, the signs of a future serial killer is gonna be. So we can get them now the psychology and like the therapy they need. Right. And we can monitor them. So I think it is now harder to, I guess, grow a serial killer because we know the signs. Like, I mean, if some, if you see a kid that hurts an animal in a sadistic way, not an accidental, or they were like, well, I don't know what I'm doing. But like in a sadistic, like, I just wanted to know what killing would be like. We would know and be able to like, change that shit real quick. And normally by then they're kind of like looked at so people pay attention more to them. So it's kind of harder for them to get away with it because they are kind of under a microscope now and they may know. Right. Because I mean, I think back then teachers didn't give a fuck what was going on with you. You're sad. 
math homework. Yeah. You know, that kind of mentality, I feel like. Um, it was definitely like if you're a guy, I was like, hey, how would you grow up, you fucking little baby bitch? Yeah, it was basically like that, I feel like, with, um, with like back in the day. So I think nowadays, too, and also, too, I think that's why I'm kind of excited for like my kids' generation because like-mindedness and like openness is such a more bigger thing and like having all the different communities are so much bigger so i think because if i think now if you if every serial killer that was that happened was born now i think it would be completely different because like like gacy with his dad even if his dad was homophobic and called him all those things he would still have the lgbt community to back him up like i mean there's people to turn to he would have people to turn to and same with dahmer and then um like Bundy, I feel like, like these are all like, like store, like, like ideas of like if they were born now, how would it be different? Because I feel like if Bundy was born now, like with his mom situation, she would, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be a big deal that she was a teen mom because there's so many teen moms and she'd have that outlet to raise her son. Yeah. Slash, if she did give it to her grandparents, the grandparents would be like, well, your mom's still growing up. That's why we're going to raise you until she's ready or we're just going to have you and you guys can just pretend to be siblings. But it's not such a big deal nowadays for a teenager to get pregnant and have a kid. And I think, too, if, like, Ed Kemper, like, if what was happening to him, he would go to school and, like, someone tell a teacher and then everyone, he would have been taken away from his mom at the beginning and given to his dad. Or if his dad left and his mom was doing that, she would get... Locked up. locked up like being locked in a basement and thinking that he was literally in hell yeah because of it um would be different and Dennis guess, Rader having the bondage things I think he would be kind of like oh, he would have loved fetlife.com I mean well shouldn't shout them out I but you know sponsored, but. he would have he would have that now outlet to be like yeah. as if he was like 19 now he would have that community to do yeah. all those things because I mean they're all you don't really hear about them because you're not part of them, but they're pretty prevalent, and you would be able to have like those outlets. So I think, I think, it, I think I agree with what you're saying too. And yeah. I think for us right now, like you said, you're excited for like your kids' generation. Yeah. I think for us right now, we're still like trying to round out the edges because like we're still like depression and all that is like running rampant. Through. Oh yes. And I do think social media is the cause, but I'm hoping that we're going to be able to round out the edges enough to get to a point where we realize social media isn't what we think it is. It isn't like watching yeah. like these famous people have the life we want and like yeah. they're perfect and we're not like mm-hmm. that needs to be eliminated. And we're, there's movements for that. Like people are talking about that. So, Oh yeah. Well, then also too, like getting rid of the like button or like, um, like Instagram getting rid of if you don't want people to see how many followers you have or how many likes you have on a post you can get rid of that so yeah. you may have a thousand likes but you don't know how much that person actually has they can right. have two so it's kind of like that because mentality we yeah because like for the last little while we're, we've been a society of like not everybody but a large portion of people who talk mm-hmm. who aren't you know who are in like modern age as far as like social media and stuff goes like yeah it is kind of oh you have how many likes on that like oh yeah she has this many followers yeah she must be a person of interest yeah you know it's definitely like and then that can definitely kill the morale of the ones who are like she's so pretty or he's so handsome like how does he get so many likes like 
yeah. then they just fall into this sorrow of like why they, can't they, I they be can't like get that? there yeah yeah well because like I mean I even dated a guy who like my book Instagram it does pretty fairly well I mean you, you I do I do well yeah um but that's because I have a niche I I'm I'm part of a community books coffee bees books coffee bees shouts out myself (laughs) but it gives a community but i dated a guy and he had double my followers but his post would get like 50 likes most and my post would get 400 likes and he was like how do you do it and i'm like i put good content first of all um also too and and, well and that kind of shame (laughs) sorry i get more nuts than you (laughs) but um, but even then I felt like really weird about it because I was kind of like, because it was like he was jealous of me, yeah. but it's also like, instead of like, well, instead of being like, wow, babe, your, your Instagram, you have less followers than me, you have more likes. That's so impressive. It was more of like, uh, why do you have more than me? And it was like a competition and it's like, like, and I like, I almost felt um, like I even put myself down in a sense and that's what like one thing I'm like I'll never do that for another man ever again because right. it was like well I was like well you have to think about it like this like I have a niche and like people want to see my content because they like horror books and vinyls like I have people who are interested in what I want to put out and that's why I get more likes and follows in a sense where because I'm putting out what people want to see high quality content versus low quality content yeah like no one gives a shit about your band sorry <laughs> Boy, let me fucking tell you. Um, but, like, at the same time, like, it's not that no one gives a fuck about your band. It's just, like, I'm also promoting myself in a different way. Like, I'm nonchalantly posting. You're trying so hard. But it's, like, also, too, it's not a... It, it shouldn't be a competition no. in a sense of, like, when we were in a couple, like, a relationship. It should be, I'm really proud of you. You're doing so good. Keep it up. Or, hey, how do you do that so I can do that? That's the problem with social media is a lot of people look at it as a competition, yeah. Not. No, like my, like a couple of my favorite horror people, they have like 10K plus. I only know because they have the K there in their name, but like they still talk to me and hang out. Like they're like, they want to communicate and yeah. have a conversation. That's what they're looking for. And most of the time, like one girl was like asked how she got so many and she's like, I don't know. I really don't. I just, I'm here. Well, I mean, we have to, I mean, the reality is like jealousy is still very prevalent in humans. Yes. And we're not just talking about this scenario, but like just everywhere. And you hear about that with like rap stars, movie stars, all that. Like they'll go back and like go with their old friends and their old homies and stuff like that. Yeah. And there's always someone in there who's envious and jealous and tries to take them down. Yeah. And you see that on fucking like social media too, where it's like someone's doing good and then you got like that one person in the comments like, well, fuck you. Yeah. Just because well, they don't have what you have or like yeah, they want. Yeah, well, and that's the hard thing about the community I am in, the horror community. And that's why I feel like I'm not super active as much as I want to be is because it has a lot of, and that's what like, which is so great. Some of the people I follow are like, they do like shouts out Sunday, Saturdays, which mm-hmm. is really great. Um, but the thing is then um, what they're doing is like promoting smaller accounts with under 10K, but they still get shit on because they're not promoting this person or this person and it's always like oh well i have the collector's edition of the friday the 13th like everyone's talking about like the new collection that just came out but it's like that mentality of like oh i can never do it because i don't have as much stuff as this person or i'm not as big as this person and i think 
that's where I feel like social media is really hard because people have that jealousy and like that insecurity and I think that's what makes it really difficult. And I really hope that with like the kids' generations that goes away because I don't know, it's really prevalent with people our age and older where it's this like they feel like because of the situation that they're in that they deserve the spots that they see on social media when in reality like I had this conversation last night with uh, Morgan McKell, a guest of mine, on a different podcast. Yeah. Um, it's it basically like when you look at somebody and you see what they have, if you're not excited about their success, yeah, like there's something wrong. Like, and I think a lot of people too don't see the small steps, right? Like, yeah, we compare it to like someone who is like a really big into fitness like you know we could say like an instagram model one way yeah. or another guy or a girl like, like what people might see is like now this perfectly crafted body you know muscles on muscles or butt on butt like whatever it is that like they're doing like yeah you see that and now you're jealous or envious or whatever but what you didn't see is like they're 38 years old and they've been doing it for 15 16 years yeah you know people don't see that and now they just see this like the final Perfect. product in this person's yeah. eyes and they're like Oh, that should be me. And it's like, have you been grinding that long for it? Yeah, or you just that's want to pretend biggest, that you are. Yeah, and that's the thing too. I think that's hard about like the horror community. Um, that like the the collectors, I guess, even like not even horror collectors, just collectors in general, is that you may like like even like Pop Funkos. You have three Pop Funkos. That's the start of your collection. Someone may have every single Pop Funko Funko ever existed. But at least you have three, so you're getting started. You're getting there. You may not have the collector's edition from Comic-Con, but you have three that bring you happiness and joy. And I think that's what people, that's what the mindset that people forget about is that every, like the collectors that I follow, they've been collecting since, they're like 34 and they've been collecting since they were 18. That's so many fucking years. Of course they have so much more stuff because they've been at it longer. Like with my vinyl collection, like I don't own that many vinyls and sometimes I'm like, man, I wish I had that many vinyls. But at the same time, if I spend thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars in the next two days, I can get there. But it's like not smart and you have to start somewhere. And I I used the comparison to like Twitch, right? Like one of the most popular and one of my personal favorite streamers is Tim the Tatman. Yeah. He's becoming a household name. He's phenomenal at what he does. Yeah. But I still see people hating on him, like, for whatever reason. And now they're getting to know him because he's super popular and super, you know, relevant in the media because he's funny and whatever. Yeah. But they didn't see the 10 years of being on Twitch. Yeah. They didn't see the nights of having 10, 15, 20 viewers, having breakdowns, you know, wanting to quit. Like, they didn't see that. Yeah. They're just now seeing the success, the happiness, the, you know, he's got a family that he's happy with. He drives a fucking Hellcat and a Jeep and he's living yeah. in Florida. He's living the best life he wants to live because he's fucking worked for it for like 15 years. And, and he gets hate. And I, I just don't understand people who hate on that. Like, to, when I see that, that motivates me because I'm like, I want to get there, you know? Yeah. It's that mentality of like, well, you just have to grind for it. And I think people, I think that's the hard thing about social media is that it shows the final product of the grind and people forget you have to grind for that as well. And I think that's what people, what makes it so hard. Cause like my Instagram did really good in over a year, but I'm not anywhere closest to where the people with 10K followers are. And I'm not getting like sponsors and dozens and dozens of messages a day. But in five years, I can get there if well, I keep grinding. 
And I think we got to go back to the what we talked about the instant gratification, kind of like the shopping thing. Yeah. Social media is a hundred percent that instant gratification, but oh, yeah. also on the negative side of things, because you know we could scroll through Instagram and we're just seeing one post. Yeah. And immediately you could just have an emotion for a large portion. Of, well, I hope it's the vocal minority, but it seems like a large portion of people see those things and immediately just like jealousy, hatred, fuck them. They're not feeling. Yeah. Really. How do you? like that and I'm calling you people out I don't give a fuck if you want to talk shit on me like how do you yeah. live your life so like so miserable and pissed off at other people yeah I don't know and then that's just I think goes back to an insecurity thing is yeah. and like 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 your mama might say they're just jealous of you sweetheart yeah. they are you know <laughs> yeah, they, I mean? are. they just they're like people give you hate because they wish they were you yeah. it's a, a lot of the times what it is I mean that's why I feel like a lot of like people have so many like dispositions to things like that is because it is hard um, to haters get there. Hate. Haters just gonna Potato's hate. Potatoes gonna potate. Potato so potate. I know you had to get out of here right around this time. Yeah. So let's talk about what's next for us. And I, I personally will apologize. I had some stuff happen for the past couple of weeks, so we had to cancel, move yeah. around some shows. But going forward, as Every long. Other week. Every other week, there's going to be changes for the scenery coming November. Yeah. Um, there'll be more talks and updates about that later, but the shows aren't stopping one way or the other. We'll make it work. Yeah. Um, what are we planning on for the rest of this month? I was saying, so next week we have our Read Between the Lines. We're doing the Amityville Horror. Right. Um, the book, we'll probably talk about the movie. We'll be all dressed up in our costumes. Yep. The Halloween episode for books, Read Between the Lines. Um, after that, I was wondering if you actually wanted to do People's Temple. It's the Jim Jones. You know, the drink, the purple Kool-Aid yeah. cult. Do you want to do that one? I'm down to do that. So, okay. So then next week we'll have Read Between the Lines. Then we're going to have People's um, Temple, I believe it is. And that's the Jim Jones cult. Um, and then after that, we're going to do, because normally with our schedule, we do it every other week. Um, uh, true Crime Drunks. But we'll do an actual a Halloween special episode on the 31st. So actually on Halloween, we're going to do a Halloween episode. And me and Wes are just going to look up a bunch of different crimes that happened on Halloween. Yes. So they're all going to be a bunch of true crime related um, Halloween I'm so episodes. excited for that. Yes. Maybe we'll dress up for that, too. I'm probably going to dress up. I think I might do my uh, Freddy Krueger just because, ah, you know, fuck it. I might not. I don't know. We'll see. We'll I mean, the Freddy Krueger is a for sure one because I can't remember when you did the Freddy Krueger the first time. There was just something funny that you did with my hands. I just yeah. kept moving my hand. I would talk with my 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 uh, my my my. Yeah, hands. that that's what it was. Yeah, it was just the sass of it. But so yeah, next week we're gonna do another Halloween episode, but with our book club, um, read between the lines. So next week we have that. Then we'll do People's Temple. Just a normal episode, and then we'll do our Halloween spectacular yep. true crime drunks, which we'll actually be drunk on. Yeah. Yes, we'll actually drink fully for that one. Yeah. So it might get a little we'll get, sloppy. We'll get, we'll get what the kids call smacked. We'll get smacked, we'll a little smacked and spooky. <laughs> I'm thinking about making uh, maybe like a like a purple mixed drink, just in honor of the the previous episode. Can we get some dry ice and a cauldron to drink it out of? Yes. Because like why not? You know, fuck it. Fuck it. But yeah, so that'll be till then. And then after that, we'll have to see kind of how things go just because of getting the new setup. Yeah, and so all we're. That stuff. I, I'm, I'm having to leave the office we're in now. Um, I 
have things lined up. There's about three or four things yeah. planned. Um, I'll make sure to keep everyone updated when I get a set yeah. situation. Um, best case scenario, I'll have a spot all to myself so that we can do a whole bunch of fun shit in. Yeah. Worst case scenario, we're on Zoom calls until we can figure something out. Yeah, or we could do it at my house. I mean, you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. there's we we'll figure something out, but it'll definitely be a change for the time being. Um, change is so. sometimes great, so don't don't think of this as like a we're oh, stopping no. the podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and we might take a small break, but nothing that's not kind yeah. of out of the norm. Yeah. So definitely stay tuned. The rest of the month is going to be spooktacular. Yep, and just remember truecrimedrunks.com. Check out our website. Let us know what you want from it what you want to see different true crime drunks at gmail.com if you want to reach out to us that could be you know if you want to help us research if you want to give us tips if you want to tell me i'm an idiot whatever it is if you want to yeah. talk about pumpkin shirts pumpkin shirts hit up the email Target. and uh if you're watching this on any other sites hi hi give us a follow yeah follow me on books copy bees books, instagram copy bees. if you like vinyls movies books i have just, I, I can't pick Prefula one. Prefula. Of, of good of stuff. Things. All right, guys. Thank you again. Everyone have a good night. See you later, skaters. <laughs> later, <laughs> skater. <laughs>